listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting, a series that draws on the experience of experts to unearth the principles of personal and team leadership. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us. Welcome to Inside Healthy Teams from Apricot Consulting. Revealing conversations with execs designed to provide leaders practical insights and behaviours to build organisations that lead to commercial and social outcomes. I'm your host, James Natsis, Chief Executive Officer at Apricot Consulting. I'm joined here today with Tammy Kirkness. Tammy Kirkness is the Head Life Coach and founder of Vision Scope Coaching. She is an international speaker and ex-corporate warrior with a business background in executive coaching, people management, and human resources. She has worked as a clinician with both adults and children internationally and has studied under monks in the south of India. Tammy is also a qualified yoga teacher, meditation instructor, energetic healer, and clinical EFT practitioner working one-to-one with clients daily in her New South Wales Surrey Hills practice in Australia. Among her repertoire, Tammy has worked with Fortune 500 companies, Middle Eastern royalty, government bodies, direct selling companies, and even startups. Wow. Thank you for joining us today, Tammy. (laughs) Good morning. Thanks, James. Great to have you today. What a resume. (laughs) It's been a bit of a blast, I must say. Yeah, I feel like a lucky girl. Well, really looking forward to hearing more today on our podcast. And our topic today is particularly relevant. We're talking about managing anxiety in the time of COVID. And Tammy, firstly, tell us uh, a book that you are not too far away from releasing on the topic of anxiety called the Panic Button Book. (laughs) That's right. The Panic Button Book is my first book and I'm thrilled to be getting it out there. Uh, As you mentioned, I started off my world uh, in the corporate space, having come from the university background of psychology and business and marketing. And I was always, from a child, one of those high-achieving, very diligent, never-got-in-trouble kind of kids, and that definitely wove its way through university and all the way into my corporate career. And I thought that I was pretty much just a really diligent person, but I didn't realise that the amount that I worried overanalyzed thought about what's coming up next, you know, struggled to fall asleep. I didn't realise that that sort of tipped into the anxiety space and that there is a calmer, more graceful pace and way of life that was on offer out there. So uh, this this book, The Panic Button Book, came about uh, because I had had uh, I had had a couple of panic attacks, one when I was 20, Uh, And then another one more recently, a few years ago, I was at home with my husband and I I literally fell into a panic panic attack and he didn't really know what to do as as what most most people wouldn't know what to do. You know, you just want to talk to that person like they're in a normal state of mind. And, And I had this very clear moment where I just wished that... Another version of me that had my full capacity of thought was standing to the left of me saying, ah, I see what's going on here. All you need to do is this. Now do this. Now do this. And now you're okay. And after that 
non-ideal scenario. A few weeks later, I, I kept thinking about that concept. And so I, I literally got out a notebook and, and wrote down in decision tree format a whole bunch of questions that tend to happen when I was going through anxiety or worry or overthinking and then wrote down in these decision trees what to do. You know, for example, do you have a dry mouth? No. Go to the next question. Yes, do these do these things. Are you worrying about something that's outside of your control? No. Next question. Yes, do these several things. And I used it myself, it, literally in the back of a shabby, <laughs> shabby notebook I had lying around for around about a year. And and a lot of the one-on-one clients that I work with in my uh, life coaching practice also suffered from some degree of anxiety or overthinking. And I thought, you know what, this is really helpful. I I think I need to be sharing this with the world. And, and long story short, uh, I was able to get it commercially published, which means that people the world over can also benefit from being able to neutralise their anxiety in the moment and get back to doing whatever it is they're with their family, what they're working on, whatever it is that they wanted to be spending their time on. Well, it seems to be the right time to release a book such as the Panic Button book when I believe some stats out there suggesting from the Black Dog Institute that 25 to 30% of people right now are suffering extreme anxiety due to the ripple effect of COVID. Do you feel that people are, from your experience, pressing the panic button right now? And what, what are the key drivers that you're seeing why we're getting so anxious? Well, as far as the stat goes, you know, even pre-COVID times, that was roughly the stat anyway, you know, one in four experiencing anxiety with it being one in three women and one in five men. So the average we see it as one in four. Uh, yes, I'm seeing it rising. It may be more short term, which is certainly the hope. Uh, as, as to whether or not they're pressing the panic, panic button just yet, I think we're still in that response-based mode where a lot of people aren't entirely aware of what's happening to their mental state, what's happening to their social capabilities, what's happening to their brain, their body, all of these different things because it is foreign to the people who haven't been experiencing anxiety up until now. So I think one of the one of the best things to be doing is actually acknowledging what's happening in our mental and emotional state up front. So, you know, the world is in a state of mayhem at the moment and being able to say, well, how is that affecting me as an individual, as a parent, as a daughter or a son and as a leader, how is that actually impacting me? Right now, what is the emotion that I'm actually feeling? And Often when I ask people this, it surprises them what comes up. You know, it might be I feel fearful or I feel disgust or I feel grief for the life that I had two months ago. You know, I feel disappointed, disheartened. I feel unexpectedly 
delight, you know, and actually being able to identify what those emotions are means that we can come from a platform of which to be able to leap from, jump from and do something about the current situation that we find ourselves in, our teams in and our businesses in. So my biggest tip is to surrounding this at the moment, actually acknowledge your emotions so you can respond to others from a really thoughtful, emotionally intelligent space. Great. How do you create those safe places or those safe environments to be able to do so? Because clearly leaders themselves are struggling right now, let alone leading their own teams into these safe places. How do they, how do organizations go creating those contexts and those environments? I think giving permission to people to be vulnerable is a really big thing. You know, Brene Brown does the the most groundbreaking work in this space. And I wholeheartedly, you know, fist pump when she's speaking most of the time. Uh, These concepts that if we If we actually give people the space to say, it's okay to say how you're feeling, it's okay to be vulnerable and not have everything together, it actually creates a a culture and environment of strength because it's not when we're masking and pretending we've got this great shield of bravado that incredible creativity comes out. That's never where creativity blossoms from or great ideas or collaboration. It's when we say, hey, oh my gosh, I've had a really rotten morning this morning. How's yours been? That we personalise each other and we become human, that we can say, you know what, I also feel really rubbish. You know, our dishwasher broke down this morning and I went to go for a walk, couldn't find my second shoe. Ah, it's all, it's all sort of fallen in a heap, but here we are. Cool. Okay, great. What is the thing that we're going to be focusing on today? It just creates such a safer space to be human, to be normal, to be fallible, to be okay to make mistakes. It just changes the game when that culture of vulnerability is given. Well, it certainly seems that like no other time in history, we've got a really good chance to be authentic as leaders. Uh, certainly there's been lots and lots written about that. We talk a lot about that in our exec coaching, but more than ever now, you've got the kids running in the room while you're on a Zoom call or a Teams call, you've got the cat jumping on top of you. There is a sense where people get to see you for who you are in your own home environment as well. So pressing into that's a really good opportunity for us as leaders. Thinking forward, Tammy, and uh, this virus is likely to be with us for more than some time and the sense of what you said earlier that not necessarily everyone has hit the panic button just yet but there's a chance that that may happen and certainly there's every chance that anxiety may grow how do you how should we look to combat that uh, sense of anxiety what are the, the practical hints insights that you suggest moving forward well, one of the things that I do, so in in my business, Vision Scope Coaching, half of the time I work one-on-one with individuals and the other half of the time I really look into the corporate wellness space. And one of the things I'm constantly speaking about and talking about and have been doing for many years now is around the concepts of mindfulness. So, Uh, You know, you may have heard of this here and there. You may be a specialist in this. 
But basically, when we look at mindfulness, particularly in the workspace, basically we want to continuously pull our attention and our energy back into the present moment. So that means we're not obsessing over the thing we said on the Zoom meeting two days ago, and we're not freaking out about what's happening one month away. Will we still have our job? Uh, what's, what's six months away going to look like financially? Those are all really valid things, but making it a practice to pull our attention back into the present moment and say, here I am right now. How do we actually do this practically? One of the easiest ways, which is one of the little techniques uh, in my new book, is to go through the five senses. And you can do this at the beginning of your day, just before you jump on a Zoom call, uh, just before you present, for example. So you might say, right now, what can I see? Well, I can see my laptop in front of me. I can see, you know, it's raining outside. What can I touch? I'm touching the office chair I'm sitting on and the carpet under my feet. What can I taste? I've got some leftover smoothie from breakfast in my mouth. What can I hear? Nothing. No planes going overhead and it's a delight. And what can I smell? I can smell the kids' toast coming through the door. And when we really ground ourselves back through our senses, it gives us this greater ability to earth ourselves back in our bodies, back in our chairs, and gives us the ability to really focus on what's in front of us and not so much freak out about all of the other things that are going on and of which at the moment there is a lot bringing all of our attention back into the now. And I find that that makes a big difference. Yeah, that's great. And there's a little bit about controlling what you can in front of you, as opposed to all the other unknowns and the variables that you can't control. Oh, for sure. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel for people who, I suppose, are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel that that's something that you can overcome? And clearly there are medical related perspectives to that on top of the stuff that we can do from a cognitive or a psychological perspective. But is there a light at the end of the tunnel? I think so, yes. And while it is pretty doom and gloom out there at the moment, for me, I feel more heartened than I have felt before surrounding the mental health space because for one of the first times in my career, companies are really starting to prioritise people's mental well-being and their wellness inside and outside of work. And when we have more and more of that domino effect of permission to talk about our feelings, to recognise when things are working and when they're not working, it has that flow-on effect to the individual that they feel like they've got permission to be more of a human once again, you know. And I think because there are more ads on TV, there's, you know, there's more things on LinkedIn and Instagram about, you know, checking in with your friends, your family, all of that. I think the light at the end of the tunnel is being able to talk about how we're doing in a more meaningful way. Does it mean that we have a, a solution to anxiety, to depression, to all of these types of things? 
Probably not, but connection with ourselves and other people is such an important part of all of that. You know, uh, my book certainly doesn't seek to uh, fix anxiety. It seeks to neutralise it in the moment so we can go back to focusing on things that help us in the long term, you know. Uh, it's, I think we're in a really fortunate place, definite silver lining, I know, I know, but being able to talk about this stuff on podcasts like this in conversations with our friends, you know, I've seen more and more males checking in with their mates and, and that is something that is growing and, and really heartening that we probably might not have seen unless this large-scale pandemic had, had touched our every part of our lives. Yeah, certainly that sense of connection is really, really critical moving forward. And uh, I, I've heard recently around the shift from even changing some of the language from social distancing to physical distancing, because what oh. we don't want to do is to socially distance. We want to physically distance right now uh, as we move forward. Uh, key question, just to sort of wrap up on today's podcast, Tammy, is, is for those execs listening on this podcast right now, what one piece or a number of pieces of advice would you give them as they think about what changes they must make both in the short term and in the longer term to help their managers and teams manage anxiety? I think one of the easiest things that individuals and leaders can do at the moment is really practice gratitude. And I know this has been rising in popularity over this, the sort of last four or five years, but the stats that come out as far as one helps how it helps us from a mental health perspective and secondly, how it helps to boost our teams is incredible. If we look at uh, literally for our individual selves and these execs as leaders, if they're writing down three things every day that they are grateful for and that they are thankful for, there are, there are studies that have come out in the last 10 years that show that we can shift our general mental well-being by as much upwards as 33%. And this was done with people who were clinically depressed. So imagine if you're not clinically depressed, it's going to have that same impact on you. And when we are feeling more in touch with ourselves, lighter and brighter, it is easier to make a greater impact on the world and on your team and on your business. And then secondly, there's this phenomenal study over in the States that showed there was a, a big call centre team for one of the big universities over there uh, and the call centre's job was to call up all of the alumni of the university and ask for pledges or donations. And what this study did is it split the call centre team into two. One of the groups, they simply went about their day, they got to work, picked up the phone, made all of their calls, still brought in uh, donations and revenue, great, day's over. For the second group, the director of the group, uh, sort of the big boss, you'd say, the executive came down and just before they started their shift, super simply said something to the effect of, hey, guys, I just want to let you know how grateful we are for all of your efforts and all of your time here today. It really makes a long-term impact on how we can 
continue to run this university and illuminate the minds of the future, I just wanted to say thank you before you started your shift. Literally, that was it. All of those call centre people go about their days. They're pulling in donations. And the difference in donations and revenue that they generated is that second group generated 50% more money than that first group. So if you as a leader can take the time, it, it could be 30 seconds to tell your people how thankful you are that they're still giving it a shot, even though times are tough right now, and what the impact that their work makes on the business and on the world and on their clients. Oh my gosh, you could get up to 50% more productivity, more revenue, more impact simply by expressing gratitude to your people. That's what I'd be suggesting right now. Wow, such practical insights, gratitude and thankfulness and cultivating those into your day. I certainly thinking myself, Tammy, around putting my top three things to be thankful. Each day will be a very, very good activity for me to cultivate moving forward. Uh, the, the trick is to never say the same thing twice. So once you've said, I'm grateful for my kids, you can never say it again. So it means that you've got to get more specific. So the next day might be, I'm so grateful that my kids ate all of their lunch today. <laughs> so you're getting more and more specific every day and it really prompts your brain to be on the lookout for positivity and wins throughout the day, even if it's a shocker of a day. Yeah, they're great practical insights, Tammy. Well, thank you for joining us today and also on such an important topic such as anxiety. For our listeners today, wait for her book, The Panic Button Book, which can be purchased via online and in-person retailers from the 8th of September, 2020. You can also check out Tammy Kirkness on Instagram at Tammy Kirkness with an I and via visionscopecoaching.com. Thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us on Inside Healthy Teams. Apricot Consulting works with organizations to architect behaviors that drive commercial and social outcomes. If you enjoyed today's podcast and wish to check out our other episodes, please rate and subscribe, or you can head to our website or social media. Just search for Apricot Consulting. Thanks for listening to Inside Healthy Teams by Apricot Consulting. We hope you found it helpful. And if you did, it would help us if you could rate and review this episode on your podcast platform and subscribe for more episodes. For more information, go to apricotconsulting.us.